And hello and welcome to Let This Mind Be In You on Thursday, January the 9th of 2020. And uh, I welcome you here to the studios here, Let This Mind Be In You. Uh, if this is your first time, I know most of the people that have rogered up so far, this is not your first time. Uh, but if you notice, um, things look a little bit different. I have a new microphone. Praise God for that. Hello, Brother Gabriel. Just saw you come in. Um, praise God for that. I have a, a new microphone, studio quality one, um, and hopefully you guys can hear me all right and it sounds good. Um, I'm praying it so anyways for the, uh, for the price of it, but, uh, saved up, uh, some pennies and nickels and purchased it. So praise the Lord for that. Okay. Hello, brother Adam Moore. Okay. So tonight we're going to be in Romans chapter 10. Before we get started, uh, we're going to go with through all of our own introduction kind of stuff. We're going to be, uh, able to listen to the podcast, the audio version of the podcast. That'll be later on at, uh, let's see, let this mind be in you ministries podcast type that into either iHeartRadio or to Apple podcast, and it'll come up also on podcast P O D C A S T S.com. Um, that will be, where you can see or listen to the audio version probably in about 30 or so minutes after um, the uh, YouTube live stream here uh, wraps up. Also, later on, once the uh, I can upload the actual video over to Let This Mind Be In You Ministries at Facebook, type that in and you'll be able to see that there. Uh, let's see. Also, the Email address is ltmbiy at yahoo, ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Um, okay. And let's see. Brother Tim needs prayer that his headache clears. He can't even look at the chat. Oh, my goodness. So uh, Brother Tim is uh, uh, needing some prayer. He's got some headaches going on. And has probably probably shouldn't be looking at the uh, screen. So listen to the audio portion of it, and we're all praying for you there, uh, brother Tim, as your uh, your your sweet wife is is asking prayer for you. So what a good help meet, bringing it to the Lord in prayer. <laughs> he says he won't be active in the chat very much. I understand that. Okay, hey, so look uh, tonight uh, before we get started, uh, I know I, I said this last time when we started getting into Romans chapter nine. Uh, but if you're a moderator, I, I get, leave it all up to you on your discussion or your discretion anyways when you're um, moderating the live chat if somebody comes in. Uh, with that being said, uh, you know, just use your, your discretion. I trust you guys. That's why I have you as, as moderators. So uh, just do our best. If somebody's got a legitimate question, just let them ask, um, really no matter who it is, okay? Um, I did have to ban somebody from my channel. Uh, just this past week, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't really want to do that, but uh, this person used uh, some, some curse words and all while telling me, calling me a boy too, it was really strange, but all while telling me that, that Jesus Christ was not God and uh, that he was some sort of God's representative here on earth and so forth and so on, it was, um, I gave him some scriptures and he came back again saying, Jesus is not God. And I gave him some more scriptures, said, Jesus is not God. And I have to tell you something that's, that's heresy at the highest order. Okay. So that's, it's a lost man. And, um, I pray that, uh, the Holy spirit convicts him of his need of a savior 
because if Jesus is not God, we're in a lot of trouble. The perfect sacrifice, God manifest in the flesh without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. Um, yeah, Brother JT is on here. Uh, he got to see some of the comments and so forth and so on. So, but anyways, I hate to do that. Um, but you know, first of all, using curse words is not proper. Um, I said that from the get go. As long as you keep it clean. But then he he has the uh, yeah, Brother Gabriel, the spirit of Antichrist. And so let's be praying for that gentleman. Uh, I don't know his real name. Who knows what it is because of, uh, you know, on YouTube, everybody's got their own handle and so forth and so on. Don't always use a real name. But uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, we'll get into that tonight. Also, so that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. That's the very first thing. Jesus is God, unequivocally, okay? Fully God, also fully man. That is the great mystery of godliness. Um, second thing, please, if you're on here, it's the first time you've listened to this or you want to just listen to little snippets here and there, listen to the entire video, okay? Don't take anything out of context. I want you to hear me out, okay? If you're on here and um, there's, a, of course, the big Romans 10 controversy, as Brother JT has put out his book on, and a lot of people like to... Um, yeah, I like to cause this to be some sort of a big controversy and, and talk about how prayer is a work and a bunch of other different things that we'll go through tonight. Um, but please, please listen to the entirety of the video, okay? With that being said, brethren, uh, I said a word of prayer before I got on here, and I pray that you do the same. Uh, please be praying for me in the direction that this ministry goes and that people would listen to the simplicity of the gospel. That's, that's it. All I can do is proclaim the word, and I just pray that uh, people listen, and that's all we can do, and let the Spirit do the work. All right, so let's get it started, and I'm going to get it started with not really something that's maybe new for mo the majority of the people uh, that are probably on here right now, but let's read verse number one of Romans chapter 10 in your King James Bible. Please turn there. Oh, also, before I get started, uh, I don't know if she is on here, but uh, my high school English teacher um, at the time was Mrs. Noggle. Uh, she subscribed to my channel today. Now Mrs. Henry, I believe, she subscribed to my channel today. So if you see this down the road, hello, Mrs. Noggle. I really pray that I use proper English and that I don't uh, murder the king's English here and uh, I won't get in trouble. I don't know if I can get retroactive uh, demerits 20 years, 20, 22 years later, 21, 20. This year, this May will be 20 years I graduated high school. So, so hello, Mrs. Noggle, now Mrs. Henry, um, after her, uh, her husband went to be with the Lord. Um, yeah, so now uh, newly married, but she's been teaching, I believe, for over 25 years and uh, a, a godly woman. So uh, at the time, we, of course, hated being in school and she held a, a very high standard, but uh, I'm glad she did. Uh, learning English in the proper context and, and being able to read English has really helped um, in Bible study, believe it or not, so. Anyways, Romans chapter 10 and verse number 1. 
20 years. Who is your math teacher? Well, my wife's kind of getting it. I think she was my teacher in my sophomore year as well, freshman and sophomore year. So that's 22, 23 years, love. <laughs> Anyways, let's get started. Brethren and sisters, let's get started. Romans chapter 10 and verse number one. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, period. Now, I want to bring something up here. I, I just have a question because, remember, this is a letter. This is in context in the entirety of the letter. Some people like to break out 9, 10, 11 as Paul's kind of like his section of his letter where he deals with the Jews. He really deals with them all throughout, um, but specifically speaking about the Jewish nation, the nation of Israel. Now, with that being said, let's turn back again and read in Romans chapter 9, in verse number 1, and I'm going to ask the question, was Paul willing to be accursed from Christ? I say in the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience, also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. And it goes on. Was Paul willing to be accursed from Christ for the physical salvation of the Jews? Meaning, was Paul willing, as some have claimed that this is for the Jews now, that this is only for the Jews, the hyper-dispensationalists I'm speaking of, was Paul willing to be accursed from Christ to go to hell for the physical salvation of the Jews? The answer is, that's not what he was talking about. Paul spoke in all of his epistles about the imminent return, just about every single epistle he mentions somewhere in there about the imminent return of Jesus Christ. He knew prophecy better than you or I, and he knew that God is not slack concerning his promises that the nation of Israel would eventually call Jesus Christ their Messiah and that they would enter into the kingdom of heaven, the thousand year, the millennial reign of Christ. So this is about Paul wanting them to be saved, spiritually speaking, born again, this is not speaking about some sort of calling upon the name of the Lord in the chapters of uh, the books of Joel and all the Old Testament prophecies. They one day will look upon him whom they have pierced. They will one day do that. And he'll split the eastern sky and step on this earth once again, also known as the second advent. And he'll split the eastern sky, stand on the Mount of Olives, and split that mountain range. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords will return when they finally say, you are our Messiah. Paul knew that. Paul was not willing to be accursed and to go to hell knowing, why would he? Why would he say that I'm gonna, I would go to hell if the nation of Israel would be saved physically? Like that the Romans would just leave and that we can have our kingdom right now. That's not what he's talking about. And anybody who tries to make this about some sort of physical salvation of the Jews does not read this in context, period. I don't know how much clearer it could be, but if you claim to be pre-time of Jacob's trouble, 
pre-Daniel 70th week dispensational believer that Jesus Christ will catch his bride away and then seven years of wrath will be pouring out on this earth. Daniel 70th week. And then he will come. If you believe that, Paul is not willing to go to hell for that to happen. For them to finally say, oh yeah, okay, so we can have our kingdom. It, it cannot be any more clearer than that. Paul is speaking about the souls of these Jews, the willing that he, he said he was almost willing to go to hell, that he was. His heart's desire was so strong that he was willing to do that if his brethren in the flesh, the Jews, would all get saved. But blindness has happened in part. It's very few, and we'll see why here in a moment. But his heart's desire, we've only made it past verse 1, but I just wanted to clear that up. I know uh, others have brought up different things about how this is not for the time of Jacob's trouble. Brother Brian's got a great video on it. Uh, both of these books right here cover it pretty well. Brother JT does a, a great job with it. But I'm just really to the point now, brethren, sisters out there, where every time I hear these things, on, on th I just it, it befuddles me. It just confuses me like to no end. Because Paul was not willing to give up his eternal salvation for the physical salvation of the Jews. Sorry, he wasn't. Okay, verse number two. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They had a zeal. They really did. They still do. There's people that go to the Wailing Wall. There's like, you know, there's very Orthodox Jews and so forth and so on. A lot of it's, all of it obviously is a false hope. In fact, a lot of them don't even have any hope. They're still looking for the one who already came. And Jesus said that one day, you know, they rejected him, but I'm paraphrasing, but they, they'll believe on the one that's going to come. And it's unfortunate, but they will put their, uh, they'll say, well, this is him. And that's the Antichrist. Verse number three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Turn in your Bibles now to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read this real quick just to kind of give some similarities. I'm going to read this first and then we're going to come back to Romans chapter 10. So Galatians chapter 3. In verse number 19, and I really pray that those that, I mean, I know a lot of people on here agree with me, but I really pray that people that listen to this really truly think about what the scriptures just said and think about it in context. I, I pray that you do. Verse number 19 of Galatians chapter three, wherefore then serveth the law. It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand 
hand of a mediator. We know who that is. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have been could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law, if it was just about works alone. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. That was revealed in Jesus Christ. That's why the Old Testament saints didn't go to heaven when they died. Because Jesus still had to be preached to them. They died. I'm going to get to that in a second. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as, as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Listen to this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are of Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Okay? Which promise is that? We know that that is the promise of righteous, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We know that that is eternal life that we are given. This is not speaking of the physical promises given to Abraham's seed, but we are now all grafted in because of Abraham's seed that came through the line of Abraham, the nation of Israel, when Jesus Christ was born of the seed of David. Can't get much clearer of this, but look at the what it goes back now to Romans chapter 10. And how they established their own righteousness in verse 3. And have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Yes, amen and amen. See, they wanted to just believe in the works of the law. They wanted to be like, oh, see how good we can be. And this is what comes to the heart of the matter. This is, in fact, the heart of the matter. As Brother J.T. uses in uh, his book, uh, The Romans 10 Controversy, towards the end, he talks about the heart of the matter. Here it is. And we're about ready to see it. Let's look now, verse number four, and read it again. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. If you're just thinking that you're good enough to, by the law, I'm just doing these things because this is, you know, this is my righteousness. I'm going to get there. Just like the publican and the and the Pharisee back in Luke, Luke chapter 18. They haven't come to the end of their own righteousness. They think they're good because of how well they're doing. There's none righteous, no, not one. We know that. And that's what this law was meant to do. It wasn't meant to justify them. It was meant to bring them to the realization that in them was no righteousness. It was a schoolmaster even back then. That's why they had to continually go and give sacrifices out of the heart, the desperation, the knowing that this is what God has commanded us to do because we're sinners. We can't keep the law. We, have to, we continually break it. Let's go bring those turtle doves, son. 
Let's go down and let's get the sacrifice. That's what the law was there even back then to do. That's why there was an element of faith, but they still had to, out of that heart desire to obey God, they did those things of the law. It wasn't about the works alone, so to speak. It wasn't about the faith alone, but it was about them having to obey what God had told them to do. Okay? It's as simple as that. We no longer have to do any of those sacrifices. Christ has said now that the death of the testator has come in. Put your faith in me. I've done the work I've come to do. It is finished. That's why we'll see here now there's a different heart that comes in, an admitted heart, a a uh, heart that has godly sorrow. We're about ready to see that. Verse number six, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall ascend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it, verse number eight, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Paul is speaking to the saved Jews and Gentiles of this, these area churches, and these letters are spread abroad to all the churches that you know this now. See, remember, there was a problem, and we talked about this in Romans 9. There were still people trying to bring people under the subjection of the law. You had to be circumcised in the flesh. You had to do this. The Judaizers, the ones that were just constantly saying, well, yes, now we're justified by faith. But now that we've done that, we have to do these things because that's what they were used to doing. Okay? And that's why Paul was kept hammering on this. That now, now you live this life out of a heart of love and obedience to God. It's no longer because you have to go and worship on the Sabbath and bring this certain amount of incense and tithe and this and that and the other thing. They still wanted to be subjected to the law of the flesh here. And there was the freedom. And we'll get into that when we get into Romans 14 and 15. Now, this is not controversial to say, by the way, what I'm about ready to talk about because it's scripture. Let's look at verse number nine. Now, we just saw that people have to admit, have to come to the end of their own righteousness. They have to come to those things. They have to stop being um, trusting, or excuse me, stop trusting in their own righteousness. Because remember, this whole context of this letter, Paul is saying to these, remember, none were righteous, no, not one. None, zero. It's impossible. You had no righteousness. You were free, in fact, from righteousness, as I believe it says in Romans 6. We talked about that. That's what's so that's what so befuddles me about people that chop up these scriptures here. It just it blows my mind. Because it's so simple if you read it line upon line, precept upon precept, this entirety of this letter to know what it's talking about. It's summing it all up right here. This is what they preach. Semicolon, verse number nine, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, 
He is God. Jesus Christ is God. It was manifest in the flesh. And shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Which, speaking of who raised Christ from the dead, I'm going to do a study on that pretty soon. Thou shalt be saved. Is this talking about the physical salvation of the Jews at the end of the time of Jacob's trouble, the end of the 70th week? Is it talking about that? No. Speaking about right now. This is what they had done. This is written to the church here. This That their joy may be full. To remember that. Remember that their joy may be full. For with the heart... Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So very simply put, verse number nine is just believe on him that can do something about your problem. Believe on him that did something about your problem. You have a problem. You are a sinner. You're none righteous, no, not one. You have to admit that. You have to come to the end of your own self-righteousness. Just understand that the enemy is no good thing. I cannot get to God, but I do believe on the one who can, his righteousness, what he did for me, his finished work, right here. Believe on him that can do something about your problem. Turn with me uh, after we just read verse number 10. For with the heart, 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 man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. First, turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 12. Jesus is speaking here in Matthew chapter 12, in verse number 31. Another parable, uh, excuse me, hold on. I'm in 13, sorry. Matthew 12 and verse 31. Wherefore, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. I don't want to take the time to to talk about that verse, but simply speaking is that in ignorance, somebody may say, well, I don't know about this Jesus. And they may, they may speak against him, speak a word against him. But once the Holy Ghost starts convicting you about who Jesus is, fully God, and you say no, you're speaking against the Holy Ghost. Blaspheming, saying no, I don't want it. It shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasures of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now, I wonder which words you're going to be justified by saying yes. Calling upon the name of the Lord, believing in the one that can do something about it and confessing that and calling on him. It's we're about ready to get to it. The other word, the other words that you're going to be judged by. 
the words of that shall be condemned is the, when you said no. That's the sin. All are sinners, but that is the sin that will send you to hell. Saying no. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. You're going to see it right here. And we're going to get into Romans 10. Now turn over to Luke. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 45. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. It's pretty simple, right? Now, let's turn back to Romans chapter 10. And talk about verse number 10 again. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Here's the heart of the matter. Once you come to this, here, let's just read the rest. Verse number 11. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Remember we read that in Galatians? For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, this is a simultaneous event. I'm, I'm really to the point now where I just don't understand why people just, other than the fact that they want to be right, saying, well, you know, the, you, after you're saved, then you pray. No, it's the heart of the matter. If you can't come to the end of your own self-righteousness, you're not going to call upon him that can do something about your problem. You're going to, oh, yeah, I believe that. And just move about your day, thinking that's what justifies you. That's your own self-righteousness. I'm sorry. That's Bible. Well, I'm not sorry. That's Bible. Period. I'm just, I'm, I just can't for the life of me. You just watch these guys talk about this, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, they're frustrating the simplicity of the gospel. If in your heart you know that you're a sinner, and you come to the end of yourself, you are going to call upon the name of the Lord. You can't help but do it. Because that's a wellspring that comes up. It's just going to gush out of you. Not some kind of one, two, three, repeat after me. Some sort of a sales pitch that I'm going to get you to repeat these words and magically you're saved. Because then I'm doing the work of the Holy Ghost in your life. And then I'm also doing the work of the sinner by telling them what to say. No, out of the abundance of their heart, they're finally, once they finally get it, that moment, they're just going to do it. It's a simultaneous event. This whole chicken or the egg argument that people, and I don't know any of my brethren up here, JT especially, when he, he talks about that all the time. I don't know a single brother on here or sister even that's born again that thinks any differently than that. They're not trusting in their own righteousness. It's not a works-based. It's not a some sort of... Uh, what is that? Lordship salvation is salvation. It's none of that stuff. Quit out there frustrating the simplicity of the gospel. In Jesus' name, stop it. It's the simplicity of the gospel that even a even a young young person can understand. 
They can admit the fact that in me is no good thing. Jesus is God. He came to take away my sins. I need his righteousness. That's it. That goes for all Calvinists. Anybody can do that. Okay. I'll get, I, I will get to this, some of these comments and some of these questions on, on here in a second, okay? I just wanted to get through that tonight. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Simple, see, you're not going to call on somebody you haven't believed in. That's the faith that worketh out that, that comes out of you. Oof. I don't, I really just, okay. I, I don't think I can get it. I, I don't think I can understand other than the fact that it concerns me greatly. Whether somebody is saved and then they have been led astray and now they just repeat some stuff that they think that they've learned, maybe. I just don't know. Like I said before on this channel, it's not for my place to say that, but it's my place to give you the scriptures and to just, just proclaim God's word and let the Holy Spirit teach you. If you're saved, he'll teach you. Um, if you're not saved, I pray, I pray, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would not give you a minute's rest until you get that settled today. Verse 14, and how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? This is the simple, uh, you want a, a quick lesson in soul winning? Preach the word. Give them just the word of God. I don't have to go to this teacher over here or this person over here. This, Just go to the word of God. Just read it for what it says. Just read it. That's as simple as I can I can put it. Proclaim his word. Be the preacher. That's all it is. And how shall they preach except they be sent? You are an ambassador, as Paul says. We are ambassadors. You've been sent. Gee, I wonder what the, uh, the will of God is for my life now that I've been saved, I've been born again. Well, I wonder what the will of my life is. Here's the marching orders. Here's the word of the king. He sent you out. You're the preacher. You're the proclaimer. It's it sounds kind. Of, I don't want to. I don't want anybody to get me wrong. Okay, but somebody said, "Well, do you believe in women pastors?" Nope. Believe in women preachers though. I mean, that shouldn't be a confusing thing. We are all to proclaim His word. That's ladies and men. Now there's proper context and time and place. Don't please. But for this this simple statement here, you're an ambassador. You've been sent. There's there's the first will of God in your life. You, he's bought you with a price. You are a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Go. Go tell people what happened to you.
Verse 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent, right? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You want to know the the best glad tidings you can give somebody? You don't have to die in your sins. Christ Jesus took sin upon him. Him that knew no sin became sin for you. Humbled himself to the cross. That's some glad tidings right there, brethren. There should be shouting and amening going on as is going on in my heart right now. But, unfortunately, that's there. They have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, this is just saying simply, Lord, who hath believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, not by some fancy sales pitch or how you present it and, you know, the best way to do the word of God. Give them the word of God. You're a sinner. He, here's somebody, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, who did something about it. Took the payment. Took that wrath on him. So you won't have to experience that for all of eternity. And just come to the end of yourself. And naturally, you'll confess both in prayer. You'll just come right out with it. God, I need you. Save this rotten sinner. I don't, I don't know what the magic words are. There's no such thing. Out of the abundance of your heart, that's just going to come flowing out. And that shows the true heart of repentance. Some people ask, well, how do you know if somebody repents enough or this, that? No, there's no. Do they have to be weeping and bawling and crying? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What's in their heart, they're going to come out. Verse 18, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. This is Romans 11 and verse 11 that talking about the uh, uh, provoking them to jealousy. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, all the day long, I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. And for all you replacement theology uh, people out there, read the next verse. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. And then he goes on. Because it's for all. We are all one in Christ Jesus. One day there will be the 12,000 out of each of the 12 tribes of Israel and so forth and so on. There'll be Jews and the, there's a different dispensation. Don't want to talk about that right now. Other than the fact that uh, church, don't put yourself into the position of trying to take the promises that were promised to the nation of Israel as far as the land goes. Okay? That's Romans chapter 10. I pray that that made a lot of sense. I, I pray that it does. I, I just wanted to speak the words only God had for me to speak tonight. Um, I felt myself getting a little bit more worked up than I normally do. And for me, I guess that's being worked up. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay. So Romans chapter 10. All right. So let's go back through. If you're listening on the podcast later on, I pray that you've made it all the way through here to this point. And, uh, now we're going to read off some comments and some questions and, uh, Contact me, ltmbiy at yahoo.com. 
uh, or even leave a comment here. Please like, subscribe, you know, share this page, uh, share all the podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Help get the word out, but more importantly, spread the word of God. Okay, that's all I try to do here. If maybe um, it's helped you a little bit, thank thank the Lord, praise God. Share share the ministry page uh, in on Facebook, on YouTube. I, I've made it available every which way you can. Just please help share that. Okay. All right. So let's go back up through here. Brother Ryan Swope. Hello, Brother Ryan. I hope you're still on here, brother. Good to see you. Romans 9 was one of the eight chapters I read today. Well, amen. And he says, amen, Brother D'Angelo. I guess, praise the Lord, something I said registered. Brother Gabriel. Hello, sir. Uh, Speaking of being grafted in, I mentioned in another live stream that you are born in by a spirit of adoption, because that's what I've been taught by Brian. Well, also think about, um, you know, whereby the spirit, then where whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that now we say he is our Father through the Holy Spirit. I, I talked about that before, uh, the three times that Abba, Father is used. It all mentions through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So now we have that spirit of adoption. We've been grafted in, and it's such a beautiful picture of adoption. Amen and amen. Brother Harlow, I hope you're still on here, brother. Uh, not to mention the first word of Romans 10.1, brethren, tells you who is written to. Yeah. Romans uh, 9, he says, uh, okay, Curse from my uh, curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. He makes it very specific. He's speaking about in his flesh. He's talking about the Jews. But then in Romans ten, Brother Harlow correctly points out. He says, "Brethren, speaking to save people." Yep. All right. Uh, there's a difference, Brother Gabriel says, between knowing God in your heart and in your brain, a head knowledge. Yeah, it's the heart of it. Christ, God wanted the heart. <laughs> he says that in Hebrews. That's why I like started in there in Hebrews, and we talk about it all the time, but he wanted their heart. They were so stuck in trying to work for salvation. Still, to this day, it's not about that. It's about obedience to God, and out of their heart, they were going to do, believe in their heart what they were supposed to be doing the element of faith and works, not works. Works never alone. Works by itself never justified a single person. Never. Okay? Period. Unless somebody would have a reason to boast, right? But out of that faith, you did those works. And if you weren't doing those works, your faith was dead. You were just, it was just empty faith or or that's not even the thing, but it was just like empty saying that, yeah, I believe in all that stuff. You can believe in vain back then too. There was a nation full of them, generation of vipers. I don't know what, how else to put it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. All right, so out of abundance of heart, okay. Comment. Uh, Michael, organized religion doing 
that repeat a prayer after me tactic creates false converts who don't know God on a personal basis. That's unfortunately, a lot of times that's true. Simple as that. And uh, it's just, I think, I think, or I hear this. I think in the people have gone one direction or the other. So they try to go on one side of the ditch or the other instead of being on the straight and narrow path, which is God's word. It's not about you know, one, two, three, repeat after me, saying a prayer, and then it's not just, well, I don't have to pray at all. I can just come to God however I want, and I can just do whatever I want. And No. Okay? And uh, so, and then some have used it for an excuse not to even, well, God's just going to save who he's going to save. And then you got the Calvinistic kind of stuff that comes out, and then there's the, the three-point Calvinist and all this other kinds of stuff. It's just nonsense. Just go to the word of God, folks. Let this mind be in you. Let the mind of Christ teach you his mind. Okay. Uh, Brother JT says, when I got saved, I cried out to God in total fear. No one ever told me about Romans 10 my entire life up until that point. Yeah. I just came out to the end of myself. I came to the end of myself and asked God who administers salvation. Simple. But yeah, it's as simple as that. It just comes flowing out, Brother Moore says. Yeah, uh, Brother Gabriel, a comment here again. Uh, verse 17 of Romans 10 is one of the first steps into finding Jesus and believing that he is God and the Son of God and that he died for your sins and getting born again and saved. Okay. Yep. Believing that this is his holy word, his perfect word for sure is a, is a step. If you don't believe that Jesus was God and... This is not, this is some sort of just a book written by men. I don't care if you repeat a prayer a thousand times, you're in a lot of trouble. It's a good point, Brother Gabriel. Okay, verse 19 and 20 prove that God expects us to call on his name. So this nonsense that God somehow doesn't hear our prayers for salvation or just for the Jews. Yeah, I'll never wrap your head around that. And Brother Harlow says he's still here. Well, amen, brother. Thank you for joining tonight. I know that uh, you do you do uh, work early in the morning, as do I, and I appreciate you uh, staying up with us tonight. Question. Okay. Uh, brother Gabriel asked the questions. I saw a video from Brian on the Godhead, and that is the doctrine that I'm somewhat understanding a little, but still confused. Yeah. I mean, it's... What about John verse 18, John 1 verse 18? Uh, people who believe the concept of the Trinity will go to that verse in John to teach two separate persons. How would you refute them? No man has ever seen God, but they did see Jesus. Okay. Turn with me there, Brother Gabriel. This is a great. So there is no contradiction in Scripture. No man at any time. That's John 1 18. I'm going to go there real quick and just read it. And uh, don't just go to God's word for what it says and uh, have faith in that, Brother Gabriel. Um, John chapter 1 and verse 18 does say, excuse me, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. Anytime anybody's ever seen God, it's been Jesus Christ. That's as simple as that. Uh, ask all the elders of Israel who they saw on the Mount Sinai. Ask uh, Isaiah who he saw. 
ask Ezekiel, a bunch of other people. All right, turn over to John chapter 15, just a few pages over. Um, John chapter 15 and verse 24, if I have not done among them the works which no other man did, they had not had sin, but now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. Jesus Christ, uh, go back to the, when I uh, taught Jesus teaches his disciples, the biblical Godhead, when he talks about, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, he dwelleth with you. John chapter 14, go back to that, read all that and keep reading into John 15. There's no contradiction in scripture. Jesus could claim to be the father as he did. I am and so forth and so on. That's why they wanted to stone him because he dwelled in him. Uh, I won't understand that, how he can be in two separate places at a time, but he's also omnipresent. How can the Father be in heaven speaking about this is his uh, only begotten Son in whom I'm well pleased, all this other kind of stuff? I don't know. I've said that in my video. I've said it a, th a thousand times. It's not for me to know, to fully grasp and understand. I can't understand omnipresence. I can't, I can't understand the fact that he's Alpha and the Omega, eternity past and eternity future you can't wrap your head around that period it's just you take it by faith and what jesus said he said i am i am he the one that moses spoke about i'm right here hello so that's the best thing i can do uh jt says gabriel i have some videos on this on my channel yes he does seeing the father the soul but the body the son check out my playlist on the godhead for further help Yep. Yeah. They didn't uh, see the, like, but you, if you've seen him, you've seen the father. Because, all right. It just, just uh, keep studying on that, Brother Gabriel. It is, it does get confusing. It does and all this kind of stuff. And that's why I've only mentioned it a few times. Brother JT's done a lot of work. Brother Brian's done a lot of work on it. Um, just go to that. These three are one being. Simple but really hard to understand, right? Because in our in in our in our own intellect and our own wisdom, you can't wrap your brain around that. That's why it's taken by faith. But great, let's see, that's 2 Timothy. Without controversy, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. No, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God, speaking of the Father, was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. See, all of them, God, the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So, no contradictions in the scripture. There's just contradictions in us. The problem is with us and with man's way of trying to work things out. That's where the problem lies. Um, uh, Brother Gabriel, again, comment. I should not get hung up on this. I think it was, I think this is the mystery of godliness, and you believe by faith, like you said. Yeah, uh, yes, brother, amen. It's. I mean, all we. This is where I, I come down on this. It's about how we teach. We need to teach the Bible. We just need to use the Bible terms and, and, and say right from the Bible, well, this is what the Bible says. I'm, did Jesus have a soul? He said he did. 
He said, my, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Did, yeah, in, uh, I think it's Isaiah, where he says, um, in whom my soul is well pleased. Okay, is that the, is that the Father? Well, it's not the, it's not the Holy Spirit, because then Jesus also had a spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ, which dwelleth in us now. He said, I will come to you. Well, Jesus, the, the, the physical part is not that we could see, is not inside of us. It's his spirit, but it's still claiming to be Jesus. It's really confusing, but we have to teach from the Bible. I don't, I don't have to teach any other way. I don't have to use other terms. I don't have to say, well, you know, it's, it's in essence and divine, some sort of mystic kind of uh, three persons and all this other kind of stuff. It's just not there. I, I don't use the term Trinity anymore. I just say Godhead, and he's all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We are created in his image, body, soul, and spirit, and so I go from that. You just got to teach it that way. I'm not denying three. These three are one, by the way. They're distinct. They can operate independently, be everywhere at once, and they're omnipresent. He is omnipresent. Yep. What is important to preach is the lost is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that He is your Savior, and that you need to get born again. Yeah, exactly right. Don't get too wrapped up on it. Uh, some people try to be like, "Well, you believe this, and you're, you know, this and that." It just, just wait. I believe Jesus is fully God. Well, how did he? You know, how was the Father in heaven speaking to Jesus on earth? Sir? He's omnipresent. I don't know what else to tell you. Well, how is this and how is this? I don't know how it is. I just know what the word of God says. There's no contradiction in the Bible. No man has seen the Father at any time. No man has seen God at any time. But yet, in John 15, it says, both seen and hated the Father. Well, how does that make any sense? Because if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. John chapter 14, he just runs right through it to his disciples and to us, by the way. But uh, I, like I said in my other videos, <clears throat> I just don't know. I don't know how. I just know what the Bible says. Brother Druna, thank you for coming in. Thank you for coming in tonight. Okay, brothers and sisters, we're getting down to the end of it. So... Brother Vato, you did miss the entire live stream again, but go back and watch it. You can go back and watch it at any time. All right. Is there any questions? Uh, was that clear tonight? Um, like I said, I, f I felt like I was, I was just getting kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say angry. I wasn't getting angry, but I was just getting just, just, it's almost to a sense of frustration. And um, because I just want people to go to the Word of God oh, by itself, because it's it it's it tells you if you're born again, just keep studying, because the Spirit will teach you. I for so long for so long I took the words of men, and well that's what they believe, and I trusted those men, therefore I I believed these certain doctrines, but when I went to the Word of God. There's nobody that can convince me otherwise now that the Spirit has taught me. 
nobody. Nobody can convince me if they held a gun to my head, if they tried to do whatever to me. You can kill this body of flesh, but there's no way I'm ever denying this book. Now that he has taught me through his word, I'm no longer this unstable foundation person. Born again, I was saved, but I was unstable because I was double-minded. I was trying to use the world's mind and what they had to say about things and try to, like, with this mind, let this mind, let this mind be in you. This is his word, his holy word. Let it do the convincing. Let the spirit do the convincing, and then man, it doesn't matter what men say. Okay. All right. Uh, we got a few other little comments here. Sister Elizabeth is still here baking bread right now. Oh, man. Bread and carbs are my weakness. So, you know, try to fix that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's it. And I think we're right, we're coming up right here on an hour. Um, Brother Daruna, go back and watch and uh, leave some comments. Again, let me let me uh, encourage you to like, comment, subscribe. Anybody that's watching this video, share, share this, uh, share the page, share the uh, Facebook page if you're on Facebook, and um, and uh, <laughs> Brother Vato says, "What was the supposed controversy?" I don't know. I still don't know what the con what the controversy is. Brother Swope's talking about the keto diet. Yeah, I, I know a couple of brethren around here that are doing it, and they're doing great on it. But you put a piece of pizza, or I'm sorry, I'm Italian. I, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm Italian to the core. I love my breads and my pastas and all these different kinds of things. Uh, I can't help it. It's a, it's a weakness. This, the spirit is willing, but <laughs> that flesh is weak. Boy. I tell you what, uh, brother Tim says the bread smells like donuts. Hmm. <laughs> all right. Okay. Now all the comments are coming in. Now we're talking about diet. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Brother Swope says uh, his doctor told him to do it and he wasn't thrilled. I don't blame you. Are there any herbs and fruits that are loved by Italians? Well, herbs, yes. Um, tomatoes are actually fruit because the seeds are in them. Uh, I learned that from the Bible. And um, <laughs> I didn't have to learn that in science class. Uh, tomato is a fruit. Well, it's kind of a, you know, people try to argue that back and forth, but it's got the seeds in there. So I love me some tomatoes, tomato sauce, tomato paste, and uh, the herbs, I don't know, basil, a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> all right now i'm starting to get hungry at 10 o'clock at night anyways thanks for joining me tonight I, we're going to try to wrap it up there if you guys want to just um, i don't know just keep uh keep uh fellowship and if you want to hit me up on skype um you can do so i know a couple of the brethren have my my skype 
Um, I'll be up for a little while trying to get this, the rest of these videos processed and um, also getting the audio podcast out. So thank you for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. Um, with the new microphone, it's getting some getting used to on how it operates. It's quite heavy and a lot bigger. and um, But I think we made it. I think it sounded all right tonight, hopefully so. And uh, I'm thankful for um, the new equipment and just uh, trying to trying to do things decently and in order and to the glory of God. I mean, what else? This is for the ministry. And um, did did so many things in my life, spending mon money frivolously on stuff that will just burn up. I'm trying to do now things for the eternal. And um, be, please be praying uh, for that in this ministry. Thank you for supporting this ministry. Thank you for your, your friendship and being of one mind. Thank you for being brothers and sisters of mine in Christ. I can't wait to see you all one day face-to-face -face as we see our Savior face-to-face -face and see him as he is. So, um, uh, let me go ahead and just finish off with a, a quick word of prayer as we wrap up tonight. Thank you for joining me here on Romans 10. Join me next week. Uh, should be Thursday or Friday night. One of the two will be in Romans chapter 11. And then we'll uh, finish off uh, Romans here in the next couple weeks or so. And uh, we'll move on to whatever the Lord has for us. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to um, have this live stream tonight, to open up your precious, holy, perfect word. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, none of myself was in this and that uh, only what you would have me to say was said, that I was not in the way. And Lord, I just ask that um, as these brothers and sisters go about their days, that uh, they would be preaching the word, that they were called, they were sent out, they're ambassadors. And uh, Lord, I just pray that we do what you have commanded us to do now. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, the, the, the study tonight does not fall on deaf ears. I pray, Lord, as you said in your word, that your word will not return void. Lord, I pray that it was edifying to those that needed to be edified, convicting to those that needed to be convicted. And Lord, I just ask that uh, you would keep doing the work. Help us not to be the ones trying in our own vanity to interject ourselves. Lord, help us. We fail you so many times. Lord, help us to grow in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, for it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I love you in the Lord. God bless you. Walk worthy.